little rain can't stop us. Some, some gale force winds can't stop us. Playing through a damn hurricane cannot stop us from obtaining our goals. As raindrops were going sideways, as balls were getting thrown through the air like that cow on the movie Twister, nothing could stop the boys from going out and making the playoffs, baby. Huge game. Huge game. We were there. What a moment for Inter-Miami. What a wet moment and an awesome experience for all the fans in attendance and the fans watching. Uh, wow. And especially to open like that. I mean, once you're like to a certain degree, once you're already that wet, like nothing else matters. You <laughs> well, know, like you don't have to worry about keeping anything else dry because you're soaking wet. You were saying raindrops. And I was like, those are like rain bowling balls pretty much those things had some force oh yeah oh yeah i mean that you could see the bands of the storm just ripping through the stadium in the lights and uh tough tough environment to play in but we came on on top and uh if you don't know where you are similar to us well welcome everyone to the inner miami podcast i am jay kington alongside as always mr alex papa george how are you doing today bud doing fantastic doing much better with the w underneath our belts this would have this would have been a sad podcast jay i was thinking about that watching the match i was like this, this can't this can't be the last time it would have been a very sad podcast and what other type of weather to just finish off this season why not throw some more adversity at the lads I mean, if it hasn't been enough, I think that that was the last curveball that the regular season will throw us. And as we just mentioned, it, it feels great to be in the playoffs, sir. Well, don't hold your breath now. I'm fully expecting a severe earthquake during the national game or, or some some event where they're the ground is being ripped apart and we're having to overcome that. But uh, everyone, if you do not already, please follow us on social media, uh, on Facebook and Instagram at InterMiami Podcast, on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. We do have a website. There's some pictures on it. It's entertaining. It's InterMiamiPodcast.com. And shoot us an email if you're so inclined, Jay and Alex, at InterMiami.com. And if you want to keep track of every episode as we drop, even though, you know, even with running the table, there's not that many left. There's not that many left. But if... Or are there? Hey, hey. But if you do want to keep in touch with us as we do drop episodes, we're going to stay with you guys. Uh, during the winter era, it's probably just going to be a little bit more spaced out. But do click the subscribe button. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and tell a few friends of yours that the Inner Miami podcast is rocking and rolling. And, you know, if you would take the time, we much appreciate it. But five stars on Apple Review is always, always, always appreciated. And, you know, we had a pretty fire interview release last week, Jay. We had the absolute pleasure of speaking with the postman, Lewis Morgan, and and boy, he did not go into the night quietly. He had a fantastic game we're going to talk to. But if you haven't listened to that episode, go and check it out. It was awesome. Do yourself a favor. Get to know Lewis a little bit more. Uh, amazing person, amazing player. Comes through game in and game out for us. We love him to death. The postman himself. Uh, just such a, a fun time having him on, man. It, it really was. We 
Uh, have some stuff coming up in the future whenever the season does end. Yes. We don't know when that will be. Maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. Only time will tell. But as Jay said, we did post on the Instagram today. We're recording this on Monday, dropping the pod on Tuesday. But uh, we got an award show coming up. We got an award show. So the first annual IMPC award show will be going down after the season concludes, whenever that may be. Yes, and the uh, the awards themselves are actually going to be uh, paper mache collages that Alex crafts for each winner. <laughs> so look forward to those. We'll post them, maybe auction them off to a good cause. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks for nominating me on that, bud. Uh, but yeah, DM us, email us, do your thing. Send us what awards you want to see us hand out. We are always interested in listener engagement and actually this idea was stemmed from all of you. So we want interaction, we absolutely need interaction. So uh, go ahead, send us what questions, or I'm sorry, not questions, what awards you would be looking uh, for us to hand out and we'll see if we'll do so. Indeed, indeed. We did have a pretty fun time doing yet another pregame show with the club at the stadium. It was fun to actually uh, be part of the pregame show for a home game. Had an awesome uh, pregame with uh, with Kalen Kyle. Uh, we really are enjoying this, man. And then we had our, our segment after that, did the little over-under. We can kind of go through some of those stats because, believe it or not, you hit on several of them. I, I was pretty impressed. And, you know, it, it, it's been a little bit of a lull in my gambling success. So to pop back on top on live stream when it's recorded and you're able to judge it, I'm pretty happy about it. Does that make up for it not actually attributing to any money in your bank account? It's just the the, the moral victory. You, you know, I'm 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 up here, and you had to take me back down here because you know Sunday I, betting I didn't go grounded. as well. I know? gotta keep these winds are too strong. I gotta keep you grounded, man. How about them fins though? How about them fins? Is two of the guy? Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say yes because I've seen the Dolphins do the same thing for the past twenty years. So. Uh, moving on, let's get into really the the, the reason we're here kind of in, in a really jovial mood. Obviously, you mentioned it earlier, but the uh, the squad took on FC Cincinnati. And typically, you know, when it called for such a large celebration, beating the worst team in the East and highly, arguably the worst team in the league, but the circumstances were quite intense. We had to get a win here to give ourselves a chance of qualifying for the playoffs. And then we needed two of three other things to happen. One being Montreal either losing or drawing, Chicago either losing or drawing, or Atlanta either losing or drawing. We were able to get two out of those three with Columbus beating Atlanta with NYCFC uh, putting down Chicago. And then even DC United and Montreal was a close game, but Montreal came back up on top for the win, but we didn't even care at that point. We were already in the playoffs, baby. Yeah, it was an emotional roller coaster. We were we were in the stands at the arena checking the ESPN app and uh, was it Chicago dropped down? Was it 3-1? And then it tied 3-3 going into the half. Yeah. And we're like, oh, smokes. Yeah. Like, there, there's definitely some fireworks going on that over there. Dude, I don't even want to try and pronounce his name because it's so, so Eastern European and missing vowels. I guess they just don't believe in vowels in wherever <laughs> his home country is. But, yeah, he scored twice in three minutes. It was uh, it was insane. And it was an insane decision day, man. Just a, a lot of fun. 
Uh, you know, once we got the the dub at the stadium, they threw on the remaining, I believe it was the DC Montreal game. So we could watch the, uh, the remainder of that. And you know what? Hey, stadium went wild. Players went wild. It was a great environment. Again, once you get that amount of wet, you, your care goes out the window, man. You're just there in the environment having fun. And I think that's how every fan was. Uh, everyone was super pleased with how we played the result we got and to be able to experience that in our home stadium, not at full capacity, but at some capacity, it was a really special moment. Yeah, and I mean, to your point right there, the the, the stadium was banging. It was rocking. It was jamming. And we looked at each other and, you know, hats off to all the supporters groups who members who showed up in absolute numbers through this hurricane and also shout out to everybody who was in the stands with us watching the game. We we looked at each other and we were like, you know, holy shit, like this thing fills up and this is going to be one hell of a home, you know, field advantage for our club to play, you know, years down the line, which is something really exciting to see. Yeah, I think it was 3000 people were there and they were loud and they were proud, man. And uh, you're right. Once there's, you know, full capacity, a little over 18,000. Uh, that's going to be a, a really tough environment to play in. I mean, the supporters groups are already loud, but the fans will be there cheering them on. And of course, we'll have more people uh, in the supporters section as well. So big things to come. So Jay, in five words or less, what were the, describe your emotions once the score went final and we were standing there looking at, you know, the Megatron seeing Chicago take home that L. In five words, number one, wet. Number two, invigorating because the energy uh, level was just so high. I'd say uh, number three, pure. Um, number four would be overdue because there's been a lot of struggles this season. So to really you know go out there and get results when we absolutely need them was amazing. Uh, and fifth would be, uh, I'd say, uh, vindicated because we really saved our season there. And he, it's hard to describe, man, that that the environment was awesome. We knew what we had to do, and we came out there open, very strong. And, um, you know, if I'm going to add a sixth word for the last 15 <laughs> minutes was a little nail-biting. Yeah, you're at about word 89 now, so, you know, might as well. You know, I wasn't don't sure if you wanted one six. sentence, like some quick <laughs> sentence or just different. No, different you nailed it. Words. No, I like it. I like it. Those were a lot of mixed emotions. Here we go. I'll try it again. An amazing time with you. Hey, <laughs> that's my guy right there. That's my guy. But wow, my heart is jumping, Jay. I appreciate that, bud. But uh, no, but super excited to be a part of this playoffs. I mean, we're in the dance. I mean, we said this months ago that, you know, listen, we, we, we scraped and we clawed and we inched ourselves closer and closer to this playoffs and definitely went through our uh, battle wounds as a club. But we are here. And in all honesty, man, I, we're not a play a team that you want to play. And, you know, obviously we took down, you know, the worst team pretty much in the league. But we are in the dance. We are in the dance. We're battling a fellow expansion club in itself. So it kind of feels that the stars aligned for this moment, you know, before the season even started. Exactly. And, you know, we are going to be playing Nashville um, SC. And, you know, here's the good thing is that we, we lost to them in our first game. We drew them out in, in our uh, second game, but we did not have uh, Iguain on the team. I believe we were without Pizarro for one of those games, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, to come in full-powered, 
Ewine's starting to get settled in. We really hope some goals start start dropping for him uh, soon because we're definitely going to need that. But, you know, it's kind of seems like a match made in heaven, man. Like, I feel like third time playing, we should be able to get the uh, the win. They're a very defensive team. That's their strength, man. They play heavy counterattacks, and they park the bus. So uh, if we can just play smart, have simple passes to break them down and go up early, I think this is a team that, you know, if you can go up on, it'll be harder for them to get in the game. Yeah, this is a game that's going to feature not many goals, which, you know, isn't really a shocker because we haven't seen too many over the, the entire season as it is. But Nashville is not really that known for its offensive juggernaut. They are, as Jay said, more of a defensive club but you know it, it not only is it pretty cool that we're going to be in the playoffs and we're going to see our club play one more one more match at least but on on the very minimum scale i think that th just getting into the playoffs and gaining that experience from not just this team but actually as a, as a franchise and a club at a, at a more of a organizational level is absolutely huge you 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 can't teach experience when it comes down to it you can't buy experience it's something that you have to earn and you know this is really going to be one of those moments that you know hey how do we come together you know for our younger players who are going to take more of a role next year you know here's something that you can look forward to you know big star players like blaze and you know gonzalo let's let's see how far you know how how well you can shine so on a very lowest scale possible just for the experience that we're going to gain i think is huge well, yeah, you know, obviously the biggest goal for any, you know, expansion team is can you make the playoffs? I think that's, you know, something that everyone wants to accomplish. And the fact that we went out there and did that, we've had a very tough season. Like there's no, no line about that, but this is a, a good cap to it. Um, you know, we, we would love to have, you know, be a little bit higher on the table, but regardless, we make the playoffs big, big um, accomplishment, especially considering just the, the, Adversity and difficulty of playing in 2020. I really think Inter Miami had, you know, one of the hardest, if not the hardest, times of all the MLS teams working through, you know, the the delays with Corona. That coming back to the MLS is back as bubble, then you know being knocked out of that a little early, and then taking what a five week break in between games, all while we were still trying to acquire the rest of our team. So we really didn't even see what our full team looked like until what that. Um, that second Philly game when Gonzalo Higuain first played. So the fact that we have, you know, it wasn't pretty. Mm -hmm. It was not pretty. And there were a lot of hurdles we had to get over. There were a lot of games we needed to win throughout the season to put ourselves in this position. And at the same time, there's a lot of games that we dropped that would have prevented us from being in the situation. But all that's kind of hearsay at this point. Here's the bottom line. Inter-Miami are in the playoffs. And, uh... We want to make a run. We have the coach who really is known and specializes in tournament play. Mm -hmm. So I'd be really interested to see, now that we have had our full team for several games now, the chemistry is really starting to come together. Not to say that you know we're, we're fully there, but I'm anxious to see an Alonzo Inner Miami squad at this stage of, of, of the team going into a, a, a fresh tournament. Uh, you know, technically we're in the playoff rounds or play in rounds rather. So we do need to get this win to get into the brackets, but we have the coach and there is some uh, solitude. I'll take in that. That's a great point. And that's something to highlight is, is that Diego was brought in here partially due to his success in these postseason tournaments. And 
this is really when this coach does shine. So, you know, he's kind of preparing for this kind of moment here. And who knows, he could change a lot of opinions depending on how well this club plays in the postseason. It, it will be – this could really save his season because I know a lot of fans have been calling for Diego's head. Uh, a lot of blame has gone on Diego, and, you know, to be fair, rightfully so. Uh, but he could really redeem himself, and that's what we would love to see. You know, what's the, the best part of this is we get one more game this mm-hmm. season, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we win that game, we get another game. So we're going to be, uh, you know, happy with the results throughout of it. Like, let's, our, let's just be happy that we're in the playoffs, right? Obviously, it'd be better to go far, but let's just be happy we made it. We have a coach, and we're set up, I think, in a, in a pretty decent position with having to play, uh, you know, Nashville. There's yeah. The difficulty's going to come after, you know, if we do beat Nashville, that's where the difficult part yeah. is going to start. How spot on, sir, you are. We, we happen to take on the Philadelphia Union, who just took home the Supporters' Shield. So... Task does not get easier, but hey, this is the playoffs. Who would expect it to get easier? And to get to that point, we have to take care of business. And Jay, do correct me if I am mistaken, sir, but I do think the Philadelphia Union are unbeaten at home. You are absolutely correct. And not just unbeaten at home. They have not uh they have not even drawn at home. They are nine wins, zero losses, zero ties at home this season. So we're going into the Lions den. However, I do think there is a chance. The last time we played them, we did lose 3-0. It was not pretty, but it was also Gonzalo Wayne's first game. Again, you know, not only for Gonzalo to settle in, but for the team to get used to chemistry with Gonzalo as a starter. Uh, we're now a little bit further down that road. If you recall, the last game of the MLS is back uh, group stage because we didn't make it to the tournament. We did play Philadelphia. We lost 2-1 after going down 1-0. Pizarro brought it back level and Casper Shabelko put home uh, the game winner off a very deep high through ball. Uh, I believe it was probably even from a defender, just complete lapse of, of our defense. So with that being said, we got a shot, man. There is a chance to go in and upset them at home. We've done and seen crazier things in the past, but the road's not going to be easy because even if we do take down Philly, uh, you know, we're going against either Orlando or NYCFC and that's going to lead us into Columbus. So we still have to go through the upper echelon of the East to get to the finals to even have a chance to win. But Hell, again, man, let's yeah, just be like, happy we're in the playoffs. I was like, let's, let's see what we can do. Let's slow down before we start talking about the the Orlando Copa del Sol match five of the year. But it's just a five-game winning streak we need that's to all, hit, right? That's all. You know, only against you know, some of the toughest clubs out there. But, you know, not, no, no, not to worry. We've never won more than twice in a row, but no <laughs> worries. Let's do a fiver now. Listen, to talk about those games, we have to talk about Nashville. And before we can talk about Nashville, we have to talk about the game that got us to Nashville. And if you happen to catch our our pregame show uh, with the club, we did talk about a few points to emphasize what we call the keys to success. And, you know, really the number one thing that I was talking about on the show was uh, when adversity pops its ugly little head, just shove adversity away, Jay. It, it cannot come up. It cannot be contagious to the club. It is like a bad disease and virus like COVID. It, there's just no place for it. 
No, let me sit down. But anyway, <laughs> um, there, so, you know, it, adversity hit us quick. Uh, you know, minute three, there was a shot that ricocheted in the box. And I mean, you know, clear handball uh, highlight showed that. Uh, and being even in, the cl- and even in the stadium, Jay, I don't think we even sat down at our seats by that time that that even happened. So, you know, I was watching the game over and it was impressive to see how the team reacted throughout the entire games. You know, of course, we had, you know, our normal suspects, you know, the Gonzalos and LGPs, right, waving their hands around. But the rest of the team really played tight and they kept their heads down and kept fighting through all, you know, the adversity that was shown, including the weather. They really did. You know, and one of the things that I said was one of the keys to the game was keep the defensive integrity, right? So mm-hmm. we did get LGP back. We did get Andres Reyes back. Uh, but we still had, you know, Ben Sweat was out for this one. So we, we had Mikey Ambrose start, and he was on the, the plane left back. And then we had AJ uh, De La Garza as the right back. And, you know, one of the things we mentioned earlier in the show, we mentioned it at the pregame show as well, is that wind will make that ball do some mm-hmm. funny things in the air. We probably were laughing at least 10 times or more just seeing crosses or deep balls just getting completely just thrown off track by the uh, by the wind. Uh, but for the most part, our defensive integrity held up well. I mean, it really, even throughout the game, the, the only goal FC Cincinnati had was, you know, an outside-the-box left-foot curler, which that wind probably helped because that's the direction it was going in. But for the most part, had some small lapses, but uh, more of a bend, don't break, I think, kind of attitude for it. So I was very impressed with it, although you and I never like to see when we go into all-out defensive mode. Uh, we subbed off Lewis, Pizarro, Gonzalo Higuain. So it was basically like nine defenders we had out yeah. there. Thank God we didn't go down because we just scored nine defenders. You would think that's tough, but the two goals we got in this game came from our defenders. Yeah, I mean, that's the pretty much, you know, hold your breath approach. You know, that's just battle until, you know, the last one comes at you. But you're absolutely right. Our defense played well. We talked about it all all year long, even from when the season started. And we see our team get constructed from the very first couple signings. You know, our defense and our back line has stood out this entire year as our number one unit on the club. And, you know, battling through the signs of adversity through the Toronto match, you know, in the week prior where we were losing three of our four starters on the back line and to see young players step into that role was very, very impressive. And, you know, we're going to be playing without Nico in our upcoming match. He's still dealing with injury, but we will have LGP and Reyes in this match. But to see someone like, you know, Ambrose step up and do what he did. And Jay, is it is it too early to get into his goal? Because that was a ripper. No, we can get right into it. It's in the 19th minute. Um, you know, one of the questions I asked you over under was uh, assist from Lewis Morgan at 0.5. You took the over. Uh, smart man. Now, this technically was not a, a Lewis Morgan assist, but it did come kind of off the play of a Lewis Morgan uh, corner, which was kind of, you know, tussled around and then ultimately not even cleared. I'd say just very lightly kicked out of the box by the Cincinnati defender. Uh, Mikey runs right up to it, takes it out of the air with his chest, drops to the ground, and then he just hits it with the outside of his left foot off the half volley. Uh, a screamer from outside the box, nice arc, nice outside little bend on it, and, and just dropped it right into the right corner of the goalpost. And I think that's uh, where everyone really started to lose their uh, their ish, for uh, <laughs> lack of a better word, man. That was a very exciting time. Obviously, everyone's jumping up, yelling, celebrating. And the, the part that really stuck out to me 
And after watching, you know, the, the game on uh, TV again, because I recorded it, uh, you know, hearing like Kalen Kyle talk about him as, as such a hard worker and gives us all every single practice. Uh, right after he scored that goal, he did not run up to celebrate in front of the goal. He did not run up to celebrate with the attackers. He turned around, ran right back to AJ De La Garza to celebrate with the defense, which I just think is, is awesome. I mean, uh, for such a big goal in a must-win game in very insane environments, uh, environmental effects that you're dealing with, it was just amazing. It, like, you could just see the joy on his face, and, and it was just such a special moment for the club. Yeah, I I know we looked at each other and we were thinking, dang, he he just did what we've been waiting for yeah. all year. Yeah, and that's just someone just rip it from outside the box, and boy, it was a beauty. And to see it live too in person was was it was a great moment. No hesitation, like full confidence. Just just take it down, take it down off the chest, and just rip it with the left foot. Uh, great way to go up. And then it, it wasn't yeah. really. Don't much look too far. Yeah, no, do not look too far at all. Uh, that was one defender that scored to us. And then four minutes later on the 23rd minute off a Lewis Morgan corner. So it does count as an assist. Uh, LGP with a very tough header with excellent placement. It was almost like he was running with his back to goal to glance it. But nice little arc got over the keeper. I mean, I don't even think our heart stopped pumping from the Mikey <laughs> Ambrose goal. And then that happened. And it was like, I think at that moment, we kind of like looked at each other and realized like, it's on like we, we can, we can do this. And then we were checking the phone and the other teams were either losing or drawing, which we needed. And there was, there was like a real change of energy. I think after that second goal where everyone realized like we really can get to the playoffs. Now we got to close this game out, bust our asses, keep going. But if we leave it all out there, there's a solid chance we find ourselves in the playoffs, which is exactly what happened? Yeah, and you know what, Jay? This was actually the first time a goal was scored within five minutes, but it came from us. Jay, <laughs> yes. Jay and I now, we actually have a stopwatch. So yeah, whenever exactly. a goal goes in, we click start, and we, we time those five minutes. It's pretty crazy. I was happy we were able to get through the first half. Two goals, conceded zero goals. Things got more interesting in the 66th minute. When Joseph Claude Giao, I hope I'm saying that right. Sorry, buddy, if I'm not, uh, scored a nice, nice golazo off his left foot from outside the box. Uh, beautiful curler. Not really much uh, John McCarthy could do. Uh, again, I think that win probably played some factor in it because it was going, uh, what, what was that, north to south? Yeah, so uh, that's where the goal was scored. And then... Really, we started some players out, I think, around the 75th minute. And those last 15 minutes were uh, all-out defense. And it was nerve-wracking as the time windowed down. We just started to clear the ball more and more. It ended up uh, with a legit chance for Cincinnati off a through ball right up the middle. But McCarthy came up, mm -hmm. grabbed it from the ground. And I think at that moment, we, we really realized like we're secure he took his time, of course, and just booted that ball out, and the whistle blew. And, man, fans went wild. I'm sure that stadium would have been filled with pink smoke had the hurricane-level winds not been <laughs> displacing all that smoke right as it was being lit. But, man, dude, I mean, what an amazing time. I mean, Jay, is it is soaking it, wet just in the best mood ever. Is it is it fair to say hats off? To McCarthy, 
<laughs> yeah, see, that's so corny. <laughs> that's so corny. Oh, but, uh, man, I got a good smile on my face. He looked good out there, man. He really did look good I out mean, there I'm in the I'm surprised more people don't wear the cap out on the field. I don't know why. Um, you know, but honestly, you don't really see too many goalkeepers with, like, solid hairdos. They're always pretty short and well-kept, so... Maybe they don't need the cap. It's just more of a, I look like a baller in it. Maybe that should be an award for the award show. Who has the best flow on the team? Okay. Sounds like a possible category there. But anyway, back to the game. You know, think about that. But back to the game, there was one, I guess, one topic I wanted to talk to you about, Jay. And it came towards the end of the match. Um, you know, there's some discussion that how did Reyes even get put in this position, but, and that was due to, you know, Will Trap playing the ball back, whereas it was a very questionable choice to do so. Um, but anyway, you know, Reyes did go ahead and, you know, make a foul. I think it was obvious. We knew it. He knew it. Everybody knew it. Um, you know, it kind of had like, you know, flashbacks to the, you know, Ben Sweat situation in Toronto. And I don't want to you know, make anybody, you know, drive off the side of the road or anything. But, uh, you know, why do you make that foul in that moment with the game at hand, knowing the situation, knowing the importance of playing with 11 players on the pitch and, you know, obviously resulting in putting your team into a difficult position. But how, how does the play come to that? And how do you make that decision and choice in the moment? Yeah, so the red card came in the 88th minute. Uh, it was not a straight red. It was a second mm -hmm. yellow, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, he just missed the last game to yellow card accumulation after he's been battling an injury. So if he gets a, another yellow, say, in the national game, we'll, we'll be out. If we do win, we won't have him for the Philadelphia game. It comes down to tactical fouls. I imagine he was in a position where the thought process in his head was, this this guy's going to get around me. I've got to take him down. Um, you know, I guess the only positive would be if you're going to get your second yellow or red or, or sent off in any capacity, much better in the 88th minute than, say, like the 65th minute, right? But, um, you know, some will say boneheaded play. In his head, he probably just thought he was making a tactical foul. It did put us in a difficult position. Um, you know what? I guess to your point, I think what you're probably getting at of why he was in that position and, you know, we still had another sub left because we subbed out, you know, Pizarro for Alvis Powell, Iguain for Christian McCoon, uh, Juan Agudelo was subbed out for Julian Carranza, and then Lewis Morgan was subbed out for uh, for Victor Uyoya. So you can already tell right there. I mean, even Uyoya plays that CDM role for. So we were going to the defensive mindset. We did have one more substitution. Curious as to why they didn't take mm -hmm. Reyes out and maybe play – uh, like a, a Dylan Nealis because he, he was on the bench, but he did not get any playing time or, I mean, even playing like a Federico Iguain or Jay Chapman, if you had to, just to, to, to get someone that doesn't already have a yellow card lingering over them on well, the field. We brought in more defenders, so it's not like we needed to play six at the back. We could have rotated. And correct me if I'm wrong, when was McCoon subbed into the game too? Was he still on the bench at that time or was he already entered based on substitution? It might have been. I don't know. I cannot recall who was that last sub. I want to say maybe it was McCoon. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, there was another option on the table there. But, um, you know, other than that, I thought the defense played very well. It was one of Jay's keys to success for victory. And, you know, we definitely made uh, cross that off the list, which was great. And, you know, one thing in seeing Blaze play in person, Jay, 
it was like a different level. He was he was someone out there that his energy on the pitch was was contagious. And the way he handles the ball, the way that he moves the ball from the back to the attack, and honestly, just how much ground he covers as a player is just thoroughly impressive. It really seems that every stride he has is, is almost like a stride and a half for the players he's playing. He just covers so much ground. And I guess kind of seeing him in person again after, uh, you know, seeing him live in the Atlanta match and seeing him again, you know, just kind of really, really makes me impressed and really happy that he's on this club because I don't know where we'd be without him. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he is the Energizer Bunny. Just just to, to make sure we're correct, yes, it was um – uh, Makuna was subbed on for Iguain in the 90th minute, so we were right. Uh, but yeah, so you know, Matuidi, Energizer Bunny, that dude goes, goes, and goes. You brought it up what, like a week or so ago, like how amazing his first touch is, how how much separation he creates just with his first touch. Some people will argue he hasn't had the influence that everyone was expecting, but again, I think they're all just getting settled in, uh, especially Matuidi and, and Iguain coming over from just a completely different level of uh, of football, but. Uh, amazing to see, but as good as Blaze, you know, has his energy levels and his effort has been the past few games, what I was most impressed with, and, you know, albeit Lewis Morgan won the man of the match, but who I was most impressed with was Pizarro. He was so saucy, mm-hmm. and especially in that second half, he would be able to separate from one defender over to another and get away from that defender. He was dancing with ease throughout the midfield and really opening up the chances and the creation from the midfield. He didn't get a goal, you know, so he's not going to get all the glory, but that's one thing that I really did want to point out is just the, the, the grace that he was moving with in the, in the midfield was, was beautiful. It really was something special to watch. He's and your, you're right, because he's such an important piece of the puzzle of our club. He adds the really the true creative flair in the middle of the field. I think Lewis does a phenomenal job out on the wing, but really in the middle, in the heart of the field, Pizarro is really our catalyst there. And, you know, we did also, you know, hear some news that he's probably going to be out uh, too. Hopefully just one match considered his international duties that he does have to fulfill for the Mexican team. So he's not going to be available for this Nashville match. Uh, he is not. We'll be lucky if it's only one match. It really could be two. Uh, he keeps getting called up to El Tree. I mean, congrats to Pizarro. You are one of the biggest icons in Mexico undoubtedly right now one of the biggest up-and-comers on the Mexican national team uh, I know it's a massive honor for him to play with El Tree so I will never take that away from him uh, go out there and, and be you know play the best you can represent for your con- country well uh, we are going to miss him but if anything gives me some hope is that he went on international duty and he missed several games for us and we we, we, we did find a way uh, to, to hold it together. So I, I'm confident that we can take down Nashville even without Pizarro. We would hope to have him back uh, by the time if we do advance, we play Philadelphia. But again, that's uncertain. So that is something that we all need to be aware of. And of course, when these things happen, we look for other players to step up. Uh, one, I think, key player that we, we both want back, and I think the entire community wants back is Breck Shea. You put him in, good things happen. Will we have him back? Will we not? We don't know. The good news is, what is today? The ninth and the game's on the 20th, I believe. So not this Friday, but the following Friday. 
We got some time to rest up. Mm -hmm. We got some time to heal any minor injuries that occurred with the squad in this past game or the past two games. And that's going to give Breck some more time to come back. Also will give us a significant amount of time, probably the most, maybe except for the break in between MLS is back and and, uh, the regular season resuming. But we'll have enough time to make the preparation the tactical changes that Diego needs to make. So it will be a very interesting primetime game, baby. November 20th, 9 p.m. Let's go on ESPN and TSN, which is the Canadian version of ESPN, I believe. And TVOS. I'm not even sure what that is, but shout out TVOS and whatever country you are in. But hey, baby, we're making it. We're on ESPN. We're not on local channels anymore. No. So, but guess what? Jay will probably get the question that we get every single yeah. game. Where's where, the game? Where, 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 where can, can I watch the game? How can we watch? Well, the good news is ESPN is available to almost everybody, especially in the United States. Um, but if not, just go find a sketchy stream online, man. Go pirate the seven seas <laughs> of the interwebs, man. Just don't get caught because you're going to jail. <laughs> Uh, you might get a fine. I don't know if you're going to jail, but still don't get caught. Uh, well, you're right, sir. I think that our team really VPNs. Does Look them up, guys. Benefit. Don't, don't do that, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> but our team does benefit from this gap in play. We we have about, what is that? We got about 11 days off uh, between our next match. So to your point, sir, uh, with the adjustment of Pizarro not playing in this match, you know, who knows? Maybe we see Federico out there playing with his brother, but it will, Federico. Yeah, it will give time for Diego and the coaching staff to go ahead and put together a plan. It will, and we're going to need it. Again, they are a very defensive team. They parked the bus. Uh, I think Mukhtar is probably their most skillful player that they have. This is going to be a defensive battle for sure. We're playing at their home, which we played and we lost at their home. Then we drew them out when we played at Inter-Miami Stadium, but... We didn't have Gonzalo Higuain at the time. We didn't. And to your point, this is going to be an offensive struggle. It wouldn't even surprise me if we were looking at a 0-0 tie at the end of 90 minutes and pushing this thing in an OT. It's, it's going to be a struggle, especially with Zimmerman in the back. Zimmerman is an absolute beast. Uh, that Hani Mukhtar, he is the creator in the midfield. But uh, as you want to talk goal leaders, right? Um it's going to be Randall Leal and, and basically Walker uh, Zimmerman. It's going to be a – look, man, this is going to be a gritty game. This is not going to be the exciting game you want to watch on TV. This isn't going to be it. Um, this is going to be – you're going to be appreciating the, the, the play more than the goals. I think to get a win here, I mean, we're probably talking out about a either a one-goal game or a three-goal game. I mean, it's and they're not going to come pretty. It's going to be chippy. The energy is going to be up. This is the third match of the two uh, expansion teams, yep. and both of them want to knock out the other expansion team and prove that they're the best expansion team, and of course, want to make it on to uh, to the other rounds of the playoffs. So, they're a tough team. They have one more win than we do. Uh, they have we got three draws. They have eight draws. That's why they are you know. Even as an expansion team, not a super exciting team, but they're up there because they can draw matches with their stout defense. Um, only seven losses. So hands are hands are going to be full. One of the best defenses in the league. Walker Zimmerman is no joke either. 
Yeah, to give you an idea, too, Daniel Rios leads the team in goals, and he, he has four to his name right now. And that's the amount Breck Shea has for our team. And I know Breck, you know, we joke about this all the time, but he was the best $50 we spent all year. But Breck has come to play. But to give you an idea, that, that that's just the offensive struggle that they go through. And, you know, this is going to be a very physical match. This is going to be an aggressive match. There's going to be tempers flaring. But, again, these are kind of the battles that of why you play. And, you know, Nashville has gotten a lot of chatter this year as going under the the radar, you know, as, you know, Miami has been deeming all the big lights and attentions and the big name stars. And this, this club has just been doing it since the get go. So, you know, don't, don't think for a second that this club isn't going to want to shut us down too. You know, they're going to bring it and you know, it's going to be a battle since, uh, from the get go, Jay. It really will. What we're going to need to key in on, especially our back line in our midfield is again, they park the bus, right? That means you're going to have all the players, as many players as they can in front of the ball. They're going to play a counterattack, so we've got to be ready to sprint back in a jiffy. I mean, it's going to be a quick reaction type of, of, of game for our defenders to maintain their uh, their posture, so we really do hope for the best. Again, we lost to them the first time. We drew them out the second time. What makes sense in the third time? Let's get one that goes our way. Let's make it into the actual playoffs, not the play ends. Uh, but exciting times man it is and it's gonna be curious to see how diego comes out and how the coaching team strategizes versus club because one thing that we loved about the match against cincinnati was the fact that we were on attack mode we we were on attack mode from the get-go of the game and that was again one of our points of success and you know do, do we come out more defensive minded just kind of playing the long you know kind of the long game a little bit or do we come out and try and get a one or two goals jump out early and then kind of you know pull back a little bit and play more defense so it's going to be interesting I, to I see think how you got to come out swinging man i don't think you can sit back on a team like this cuz they're going to sit back on you um and if you just play you know if you're trying to just sit back the whole time if they go up i mean now now you're in a tough spot i think we got to come out there swinging even like that handball you mentioned that was not called in the FC Cincinnati game, it dropped right in front of Lewis Morgan. And that's a goal that Lewis typically will put away. He just unfortunately point. kicked it right to the keeper. So come out with aggression. If we they're like uh they're like the triple offense, man. Like, you know, being in the ACC, like I hate playing Georgia Tech because they're just triple the triple option offense. And if you go down, it's very hard to get back up. And and they're such a defensive team where we need to get that first goal, and we need to kind of control the tempo of the game. And if we do that, again, I think there's a significant chance we win. Now, are we going to come out with the typical 4-2-3-1? Are we going to go more that 3-4-2-1 uh, or 3-4-3 three, three as it's often played with you know maybe Ben? I don't even know. Maybe have Mikey as that, that left wing back, and Neilis is the, the right wing back to you know create more creation in the midfield, but also be able to get these guys back in their natural positions to help out on defense. Who knows? We'll see, and we'll, uh, we'll let you know as soon as we do know. But uh, again, man, I'm just excited to be able to be in the playoffs and just have another game. It's, uh, it's going to be a, a quiet, what, three, four months for us, buddy. We've been doing this nonstop <laughs> for 15 months. I know we're going to take a couple of weeks to just enjoy probably you know go on vacation leave the country just get back to our our, our inner chi our zero and then come back out for for season two of, of even more exciting content and um i'm looking forward to it it's been an absolute journey 
we are where we wanted to be yeah, that we started this podcast. We wanted to make the playoffs and here we are, bud. Yeah. I mean, question Jay. I mean, when we started this podcast, we were saying, you know, if we make the playoffs, is that a successful season? So I got to ask you right now, we're in the playoffs. Was it a successful season? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should I say it more confidently? Yes. Um, yeah, no, it was, but you know, there's been a lot of hardships this season. There's been a lot of letdowns this season. Um, so, you know, let's just finish the season strong, do the best we can. Again, we're going to love you regardless, <laughs> but what I think what we're setting up for is really having the pieces, having the full team we need to, of course, I do expect a few off season acquisitions, but we've really set ourselves up to, to come as a force in our second season. Everyone wants to be the LAFC or the, the Atlanta United, you know, LAFC, yeah, they did a lot better in their first season, but they weren't the LAFC everyone knew until their second season. So we will take the playoffs. We'll take the ones we got. We overcame so much adversity. Uh, let's just put ourselves in a great position to uh, not only for next season, but let's go out there and, and see if we can just kind of be ignorant to everything that's happened in the past and go win this damn thing. Yeah, I mean, well, if that wasn't the Vegas answer anyone's ever heard, you know, I think the answer is, yeah, it has been a pretty successful season, but... <laughs> Yeah, but the match is coming <laughs> up pretty quick, even though it's not tomorrow. Sorry, but it is Friday, November 20th, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So, you know, make your preparations. It's going to be a wild one. And, you know, we'll be back with you after that game. We will. We will. And I don't know. We're going to have to find some some content to discuss, man. It's going to be it's going to be a lonely break for us. But thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Inner Miami podcast uh, I am Jay Kington alongside Mr. Alex Papa George, finishing up our coverage of our last regular season game. And uh, what a journey it's been. But thank you again so much to the listeners for supporting us, making all this possible. Uh, if you don't follow us on social media, it's at Intermind Me Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, it's a little different. It's Inter MIA Podcast. Check out the website, see the pictures, have a good time. Send us an email if you want, Jay and Alex at intermindmepodcast.com. Yeah, that's all I got, man. Yeah, get at us with <laughs> award categories. That's all we ask. We, DM us, yep. email us, do your thing. Get at us with award categories. We're going to have fun with that. That'll be an awesome show uh, after the season wraps up in a few weeks, in a few months, maybe. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. Maybe not a few months, but at least till the end of December. Probably, anyway. probably, probably a few weeks, but you, you know us. We get bored easy. We'll probably line up a bunch of more player interviews for you guys. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. We might just learn Spanish and go start knocking out all the other set <laughs> <laughs> anyways we leave every show vamos miami vamos miami